How do you get ahead in amateur sport? Hard work? Talent? Nah, just take out the person ahead of you. I'm Joe Fulgham. Schadenfreude, darling, schadenfreude. I'm Torn Atkinson. On this episode of Caustic Soda, we take you down to our level. I'm Kevin Leeson. Uh, Nevada? Going, the state, oh, you stole my joke, you bastard. Well, because when I say Nevada, people don't need to understand the state of, so I got it like that. No, not NV. Envy. One oh. of the seven deadly sins. Ah, part six in our seven deadly sin series. I'm glad you said that. From the Latin invidere, to look at with malice, to cast an evil eye upon. Like ah. greed, envy may be characterized by an insatiable desire. They differ, however, for two main reasons. First, greed is largely associated with material goods, whereas envy may apply more generally. Hmm. Second, those who commit the sin of envy resent that another person has something they perceive themselves as lacking and wish the other person to be deprived of it. Yeah, I like the fact that I've developed into a person who really kind of considers the human experience a team game. Yeah. I feel like if other people are getting ahead, we're all getting ahead. Especially if friends of yours. Unless right? they're dicks. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the situation from like, yeah, Jersey Shore. That's exactly what I'm saying. But that's not envy. I don't want to be him. I just hope he dies. Yeah, you just want fairness. You that's want Schadenfreude, that and we'll talk about that too. Yeah. You, you want that horrible person's life to be horrible. But yeah, yeah, but as a general rule, like when your friends and family do well, you're like, oh, that's great. I know. Fantastic. I'm happy. I'm, I'm glad I'm that person. Yeah. I remember being a 10-year-old and being terribly envious at times, and somehow I outgrew it. We'll take the envy test. There's an envy test? I don't know. Oh. We should make one up, though. You start telling me about things that my ex-girlfriends have or something like that. I'm like, <laughs> oh. In Dante's Purgatory, the punishment for the envious is to have their eyes sewn shut with wire because they have gained sinful pleasure from seeing others brought low. Ah. Now, the book of Exodus states, uh, you shall not cover your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or male or female slave, or ox, or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Isn't it, it's a, you, don't, you shall not cover your neighbor's ass, isn't it? I think it actually, the, <laughs> I think it actually says ass. Well, the, yeah, slave or ox or donkey is, is also ass. That's an anti-gay thing there, too. Now, of course, one of, the, one of the problems with that being a sin is that's a mind crime. I mean, it's just coveting. It's just like, oh, man, I really want that. It's kind of a good general rule, like you shouldn't. Yeah, it's a guilty crime kind of. Like, yeah, what know, it really seems mind. to me is a rule that's been put in place by people who have stuff to keep the people who don't have stuff <laughs> in their place. No, no, no. It's a deadly sin to want what I have. You know what the sad part is? I think the people that I know that really covet other people's stuff are generally people who have lots of stuff. And they just yeah. want more stuff. Oh, it's a right? never-ending game. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. That's that's the greed thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it can be envy as well. Not just yep. not just acquiring, but also, not liking the fact that somebody else has leapfrogged them. Right. Yeah. Oh, they get this really nice car and they're like happy about it. Then somebody else that they know or work with or whatever gets a better car, and then it's like, oh, burning green with envious rage. Let me just quickly talk about the demon of envy. All right, ladies. Oh, wait, or should we guess? You sure, you can guess. Is there one I would have heard of? No. Well, you might have yeah, heard oh, of yeah, it. Oh, yeah, you've heard of it. But I'm I don't gonna think go you're going to get with, it. I'm going to go with Asmodeus. No. <laughs> Peter Binsfield says that it's Leviathan. Oh, Leviathan is envious. He's one of the seven envious. princes of hell and its gatekeeper. Where was he in hell. that Sandman comic, Season of Mists? Uh, don't he ask me. Ask Neil Gaiman. 
Envy can derive from a sense of low self-esteem that results from an upward social comparison threatening a person's self-image. Another person has something that the envier considers to be important to have. If the other person is perceived to be similar to the envier, the aroused envy will be particularly intense because it signals to the envier that it just as well could have been he or she who yeah. had the desired object. You said aroused. Why was I not the one who pointed that out? That's a good question. <laughs> What's going you're, envying, on? you're envying my timing. Now, envy and jealousy are often used interchangeably, but in correct usage, they stand for two different distinct emotions. Jealousy is the fear of losing something that one possesses to another person, mm. while envy is the pain or frustration caused by another person having something that one does not have oneself. So the song Jesse's Girl is envy, mm. and jealousy is when your ex-girlfriend is dating somebody else and you're not. Or you're worried that she's going to date somebody else. No, or being don't. in an unsuccessful open relationship. Is jealousy or perhaps all too successful open relationship. <laughs> yeah, for the other person. Yeah. <laughs> successful for them, not for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, envy typically involves two people and jealousy typically involves three people. Typically. Well, then I'm more of a fan of jealousy. Usually envy involves wanting the beauty, wrath, or socioeconomic status of another person. Mm-hmm. The green-eyed monster. That's jealousy. Leviathan. Probably has green eyes. I don't know if he did have green eyes. Well, he would have to be. <laughs> just looking in his limpid Although, pools. Just because you're the demon. Is, I think the, the idea that you, you, as a demon, have an aspect that you rule over mm. doesn't necessarily mean that you embody that aspect. But seriously, I mean, the green-eyed monster, I mean, uh, if, if we can't attribute that to Leviathan, what else can we do? <sighs> you're I mean, right. He should. <laughs> hey, if he doesn't have green eyes, he should put in those contact lenses. Word. Giant demon eyes. That'd be expensive. And we had mentioned schadenfreude, which is the pleasure derived from the misfortunes of others. I do get that. <laughs> Don't we all? Oh, yeah. Uh, everybody does. That's why America's deserve- Funniest Home Videos always has 10 videos of people getting hit in the nuts. Just ask jackass. Yeah. I have a couple of interesting uh, studies, scientifical studies. Scientifical. Scientificalicious. All right. 2006 experiment suggests that men but not women enjoy seeing bad people suffer. The study was designed to measure mm. empathy by watching which brain centers are stimulated when subjects inside an fMRI observe someone experiencing physical pain. Researchers expected that the brain's empathy center would show more stimulation when those seen as good got an electrical shock than they would if the shock was given to someone the subject had reason to consider bad. Yeah. This was indeed the case, but for male subjects, the brain's pleasure centers also lit up when someone else got the shock that the male thought was well-deserved. Does that make sense? It's kind of wordy. Yeah, yeah, so if you think that somebody deserved to get the shock, your pleasure centers go off if you're a man. And I'm really skeptical about all of these studies where they're just like scanning your brain and watching like synapses fire, right? Because the brain's a pretty complicated machine. Mm-hmm. And just saying, oh, this area of the brain deals with pleasure, mm-hmm. but like, you know, you have a couple synapses fire up there. I mean, maybe... You can have simultaneous thoughts, right? I mean, maybe you were just thinking about Elle McPherson and watching somebody get shocked. Right. Well, and that, that's why you increase your, your number of tests, right? You don't just do one guy. No, true. But, you know, I mean. So you do uh, a thousand. And if 800 of them have that happen, but in women, it's only 100 of the thousand women, then you can say, it sure looks like this. Well, Joe, as you know, I'm no neurosurgeon. Neither am I. But so envious I sm- of those but, uh, who are. Yeah, you want, one of them's going to watch somebody get shocked. But you do have a podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, how many neurosurgeons can say? Oh, probably a lot. No, the, they don't have time. That, that time basically reminds world. me of that episode of The Simpsons where they were all tied to the chairs and they had buzzers that could shock everyone else in the family. It was like oh, yeah, that was thing. that was like the very first. That episode was like one of the, the very Ullman first. Show. Yeah, yeah, it was one of the first ones. Actually, Doctor Steve Novella is a neurologist. 
And oh, yeah. He uh, is basically in charge of the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. And he writes uh, very small novels? No. <laughs> novella. He writes very Get large it. blog posts on science-based <laughs> medicine. Oh, novella. So I then can... his last name is ironic. <laughs> uh, actually, if you, if you Google for Steve Novella and some of the other guys from the Skeptic's Guide, you will find their Amazon.com listing of the Dungeons & Dragons module that they made when they were younger. Pretty sweet. Nerds. They're, they're I was going to say of, super nerds. They're kind of awesome. <laughs> Here's another one. 2009 study in biological psychiatry indicates that the hormone oxytocin may be involved in the feeling of schadenfreude. In that study, it was reported that when the participants in a game of chance were pitted against a player they considered arrogant, inhaling oxytocin through the nose enhanced their feelings of schadenfreude when their opponent lost, as well as their feelings of envy when their opponent won. So this is schadenfreude cocaine? Is that what this is? (laughs) Sounds like it. Like you snort this stuff and you get bigger schadenfreude. I wish I knew what oxytocin was. Well, it's a hormone, but how do you get it? Here's the thing. Why do you want it? Like, why do you want to increase <laughs> your feelings of schadenfreude? Like, you just become overcome with the ecstasy of... Doctor, uh, I'm not getting enough schadenfreude in my life. Here, yeah, the, take, snort this. This is uh, the worst nightclub drug of all time. Like, <laughs> ooch, 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 ooch. And you don't have a good time until somebody falls off the stage or something. Oxytocin is a mammalian hormone that acts primarily as a neurotransmitter in the brain. It's also known as alpha hypophamine. Hmm. Oh, it has the distinction of being the very first polypeptide hormone to be sequenced and synthesized biochemically yeah. in 1953 with Best mint known. frosting. It's a polypeptide <laughs> cake with mint frosting. I come back to the original question. Yeah. Why the hell would anybody want to actually do this? For science. But like you sit there and you think you do, people are doing like drug testing and like all these therapies and whatever to find something that would work, like cure cancer or <laughs> stop AIDS, or increase the human lifespan, or it just seems like an odd thing to study. Well, I think that the pure research is something that very often brings up surprising results that are very beneficial. And that's why you're not oh, welcome yeah. at the Schadenfreude Institute. <laughs> Here, snort this, and then punch the guy next to you in the face. Well, but you never know until you do it. Uh, there's been all sorts of things that, uh, at the time, people would think, well, this is what's what good is this pure research? Who cares? And then all of a sudden, we've got... Teflon or All right, well, let's run a hypothetical. Who here around the table can think of any good reason to have a drug that increases feelings of schadenfreude? It's not my job, man. (laughs) Because once you figure out what increases the feelings of schadenfreude, you might be able to find something that decreases it. Oh, the anti-oxytocin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, but then what is the point of that drug? To make people stop being jerks about other people's suffering. (laughs) Oh, you drop it on a country where there's a war going on. It's not for (laughs) you. Nobody wants to see anybody else get hurt. It's not for you, Kevin, because we know you have a good relationship with your envy. It's for everyone else. (laughs) Maybe out of this we'll develop an aerosol-based ecstasy. Should we talk about Tanya Harding? I'll tell you the number one thing that I've retained from the Tanya Harding story. Her husband's name was Jeff Galuli, which is one of the funniest names I've ever heard. It's pretty funny. He's changed it since. Uh, Torn, do you want to go through the details of it first? So that, sure. For the people who are 18 and haven't heard. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Tanya Harding was the American figure skating champion. In 1991, she won the U.S. figure skating championships and placed second in the world championships. She became notorious after her husband. Jeff Galuli. Conspired with. I don't remember that guy's Sean name. Sean Eckhart. And Shane Stant <laughs> to attack Harding's skating competitor, Nancy Kerrigan, at a practice session during the 1994 U.S. Figure Skating Championships. Yeah, they whacked her in the knee with one of those telescoping batons. Yeah. Because it was actually at the event where they attacked her, like in the hall, between the ice and the change room or something. Mm-hmm. So there were cameras everywhere. So they actually got footage of her rolling around on the ground crying. Yeah. She was screaming, Why? 
Why? Well, you think about it. You come off the ice. You're at a national figure skating championship, and some guy runs past you and whacks you in the knee with a police baton. Yeah. I would say why. No, no, but I wasn't, I wasn't accusing. I wasn't saying she shouldn't be saying why. I was recounting the tale. Absolutely. Yeah, they caught him like five minutes later too, didn't they? Because he was a big fat guy trying to run away in a yeah. trench coat and a balaclava in the middle of the day. Carrying yeah. a collapsible police baton. Car- carrying a collapsible police baton. And these guys are obviously idiots. Right? It wasn't, wasn't me. Yeah. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't do it. Kerrigan's leg was only bruised, not broken, but the injury forced her, the injury forced her to withdraw from the national championship. Harding maintained her innocence of and disgust at the attack and got a tattoo of an angel on her back, allegedly as a symbol of her innocence. Oh, well, if she got a tattoo, well. That proves it. Case closed. Your Honor. Let's move on. Yeah, no, I, she I, has a tattoo of an angel on her back. And this seemed to be kind of the the beginning of the current uh, era in America, or I'll even say North America, where the way that you that people think they're supposed to get ahead is not work hard, be talented, drive yourself, compete fairly, but just figure out who's ahead of you and do what you can to undermine them. Yeah, that, that is, is envy. because that is taking the person down. Notch. Yeah, rather than pushing yourself Rather up. than elevate yourself, take the other person down. Yeah. But there's a silver lining to Tanya Harding's story. Oh, really? Because in 1996, she used mouth-to-mouth resuscitation to help revive an 81-year-old woman who collapsed at a bar in Portland while playing video poker. Oh, my God. That's going to have to be our lesser of two evils, though, getting mouth-to-mouth from Tanya Harding and her cigarette breath. She is – that girl is white trash. Oh, yeah. It's white trash who knows mouth-to-mouth, which, hey, that's great. But – Is nobody else around the table surprised that Tanya Harding was in a bar where they have video poker? <laughs> What's wrong with video poker? Nothing. It's a sign of a fine drinking establishment, especially when there's an 81-year-old woman playing, playing video poker at the bar. I just want to die. Tanya Harding saved me. I'm suing. (laughs) Yeah, Tanya Harding saved her and then uh, actually by breathing into her mouth, pushed her up over the blood alcohol limit. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was okay to drive home, except for my rheumatism. All right, so what about the Texas cheerleader murdering mom then? I know that one too. They made a TV movie out of it. What's the story? There was a woman who... uh, It's also 91. Yeah, a woman whose daughter got cut from the cheerleading squad. Oh, is this Wanda Holloway? I don't know what her name is, but she uh, she decided that one of the girls who uh, was on the cheerleading squad was the only impediment to her daughter making the team, so she hired a hitman to take her out. Was this hitman played by Bo Bridges in The Positively True Adventures of the Alleged Texas Cheerleader Murdering <laughs> Mom, which starred Holly Hunter? I'm guessing, yes. <laughs> so it wasn't a TV movie, it was a feature film. Uh, there was a TV, <laughs> TV movie called Willing to Kill. Ooh. Yeah, okay, on that's ABC the one I in 1992. I do not remember the, uh, the Holly movie, Hunter, the Holly Bo Hunter, Bridges. Bo Bridges opus. Holloway was convicted of solicitation of capital murder in 1991 trial and sentenced to 15 years in prison, but the conviction was overturned because a juror was on probation. There was no second trial because Holloway pled no contest. Latin is nolo contendere. Mm-hmm. Although it sounds more. Spanish. Uh, Italian, uh, the, yeah. The judge found her guilty and sentenced her to 10 years in prison. She was released on March 1st, 1997, after serving six months of her sentence. The judge wow. ordered her to serve the remaining 9.5 years on probation. Oh, she was also ordered to complete 1,000 hours of community service. I know that they didn't succeed in killing the other cheerleader, but was it because she tried to hire a cop or the person that she tried to hire just turned her in? I think it was his, her brother-in-law or something like that. Oh, and they just went, you're crazy. I'm not sure how that all went down. It was, uh, I, I mean, somebody turned her in. 
I just don't know who it was. I guess you'll have to watch the movies. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Run you can make out a date of it. Get that film. Here, here's the part that I love about this story: that somebody thinks it's important enough to be on a cheerleading squad to kill yeah. to get their daughter on it. That for some reason that that is going to be so seminal in their daughter's life. Like who the hell yeah. cares? It's a fucking cheerleading squad. And and also, shouldn't you just you got your priorities backwards, Leeson? Work out harder and. Be a better cheerleader, and who cares if she's the worst? Don't cheerleader take any that ever chances. <laughs> hey, who cares if she is the worst cheerleader that ever lived? We're gonna have to start taking out other podcasts. It's the yeah. only way we're gonna improve. Yeah. So watch out, Stephen Novella, if you're listening. <laughs> we're Doctor Novella, because that will are. instantly mean that all your listeners will come over to us. <laughs> that's that's yeah. logical. J- just like I heard that one woman- of them eats babies. Was that Bob? Uh, no, no, Steve. Steve eats babies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's just like th- this woman. Like, okay, even if she killed this other girl, succeeded in it, does that guarantee that her daughter is actually going to make the squad now? No, of course it doesn't. And why would you even care that much? It blows my mind. Oh, it defies we, logic. It's because you don't have a cheerleader body. I do have a cheerleader body. <laughs> a male cheerleader body. Broad actually, shoulders. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Broad shoulders, strong hands. You got one of those big uh, <laughs> conical microphone megaphones. You hold up. It's not, a go team on the side or not, raw. Not right now, but I used to. I also have a cheerleader body. She's buried in the backyard. Christoph Fovio. This story comes from my favorite book, The World's Worst. I can't remember the subtitle, but it's long. The positively true story of the... No, 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 no. Uh, so Christoph Fovio, France, 2003. His daughter was the number one 13-year-old tennis player in France, and his 16-year-old son was also a contender. Uh, Fabio sneaked into the locker rooms of as many as 30 of his children's opponents and slipped a dose of Temesta, which is a drug for anti-anxiety that has side effects of drowsiness, uh, and slipped the Temesta into their water bottles. The plan worked. Many of the players complained of fatigue after losing to a, a match with one of the Fovio kids. Then, a 25-year-old schoolteacher dropped out of a match with the Fovio son after one set because of tiredness, driving home fell asleep at the wheel, died in a car crash. And then they tested him. Oh, test. Uh, Temesta is uh, lorazepam, which is also known as Ativan. Oh, there you go. I, uh, I've heard of that. I've had Ativan when I had my eye surgery. I had laser eye surgery and they gave me Ativan. I have a wonderful little story about it. You have laser eyes? <laughs> I, all I can do is slightly heat up what I look at. It's barely registrable. Not even um, microwave. What they do is they give it to you just before so that you don't freak out while they're, you know, cutting a piece of your eye off mm-hmm. and then you know, makes lasering sense. it. Yeah. And you you smell burning hair when the laser's on because your cornea kind of, when it burns away, smells like hair burning away. It's kind of nice. gross. Nice. But It'd I have be better a, if it smelled like popcorn. But they give you some extras for the next, to take home or for the next few days. bread. <laughs> They give you some extra Ativan to take home for the next few days because you basically have to lie in a dark room. You can't watch TV. You can't use right. a computer. You can't read a book. You, you just have to lie there and rest. You can't touch your eyes because, you know, th- yeah. they're healing, uh, even though it's very quick. So they give you some. And I got mine done on a Friday. On a Saturday, uh, I was going to spend all day in bed. I had some audiobooks queued up, uh, kept all the lights off. My wife had to go to work that day. And uh, in the morning, she's like, okay, you all set. I got some drinks and some snacks nearby. You can just grab it whenever you want and have a good day. And I started listening to the audiobook of The Da Vinci Code, and I took my Ativan. And about a half hour in, I just went, oh, man, this is really, really terrible. Like, it's a, it's really badly written. And even the guy doing the audiobook is doing the voice like this. He was the kind of archaeology professor that women all wanted. And I was just like, <laughs> oh my this God, is... he sounds like an announcer at a strip joint. Yeah, it was really terrible. Hey, we've got candy up on the stage. 
<laughs> Put your hands together, gentlemen. She's working hard out there. She's Let's got three kids some to support. Noise. But I wasn't like angry or upset. I was just like, yeah, this is really bad. I'm not going to listen to this anymore. And I turned it off. And then I just lay there in bed. And I wasn't tired. I didn't go to sleep. I just kind of went, eh. And the next thing I know, my wife comes in. And she's like, hey, honey, how was your day? Oh, it's good. What'd you do all day? You listen to that, to the Da Vinci Code audiobook? Yeah, I started, but it only got about a half hour in, and it was really bad, so I turned it off. Well, then what'd you do? Nothing. <laughs> well, I'm home from work, and it's been like nine hours. So you did, did you go to sleep? No. Maybe you did. So you go just to lay sleep. there? You just lay there and wallowed for eight and a half yeah. hours? And you're okay with that? Yeah. Wow. She said it was the weirdest thing ever. I was just, I was not tired. I hadn't been sleeping. Just lay in bed. Not bored. Just looking at nothing. Thank you, Lorazepam. Yeah, it was kind of awesome, actually. Thank you, Temesta. And he, I didn't feel drugged at all. I just kind of felt like, eh, Meh. whatever. So uh, you can see why this would work on tennis players, because they'd yeah. be like, oh, I could hit the ball, or I could eh, not. Or whatever. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to get cares? all anxious about it. Yeah. So, In, out, whatever. So on the previous day, someone saw Fovio putting something into his water bottle. He didn't drink it and took it to the police. They found it was laced. He went to jail for I'm not sure what happened, actually. Well, I'm sure if you slip somebody some drugs and they crash and die, you're probably up for a murder charge, I'd imagine. Or man's manslaughter. Laughter. Yeah, man's laughter at the very least. Yeah. You know, it's funny. When we started off, I was like, come on, envy. It's a mind crime. Who cares? But now it's like, look at all these people. There's actual repercussions. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Like, well, the rules should really should well, you know Don't act out in your envy. Yeah, I was about to say, they're, they're actually acting on their mind crime. Yeah. They're turning their mind crime into real crime. They're innovators. <laughs> <laughs> On Lenox Avenue, on that famous thoroughfare, with their noses in the air, high hats and colored collars, white spats and fifteen dollars, spending every dime for a wonderful time. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where Harlem lives? Putting on the wrist, spangled gowns upon the bevy of high rounds from down the levee, all misfits. Putting on the ring. That's where each and every Lulu Bell goes. Every Thursday evening with her swell bows. Rubbing elbows, come with me and we'll attend their jubilee and see them spend their last two bits. Putting on the red.
Now, we talked about plastic surgery in the Pride episode. Yeah. What about penis envy and boob envy? Well, I mean, there is that yeah. guy who got fake boobs on a bet. Oh, yeah. Right? But Who's I don't this? think he actually had boob envy. <laughs> He ended into a bed and it was if he wore if he got if fake implants and they were like C cups or something yeah and kept them for a year some guy claimed that he would pay him like a hundred thousand dollars oh yeah the guy was basically a gambling addict like yeah. Yeah. he would he would take bets on anything and one of his like gambling buddies who had a lot of money said I'll bet you a hundred thousand dollars you can't have you implants won't get fake, for a year fake breasts and have them for a year and, and he said I'll take that bet yeah what are you and he took about? it and he kept them. And he did it, and then he had to sue the guy to get paid because oh. the guy wouldn't pay up. So he sued them. One, he actually chose to keep the breasts, I heard. Is that true? <laughs> he, he kept them for a little longer because he was able to go around on talk shows and stuff. Yeah, no, make and, a little more scratch. Not no, because he's like, ah, oh, I can feel my breasts every day. Well, I think yeah. I read an interview with him, too, where he was like, you know, it's amazing how much more girls I get now that I have fake boobs. Uh, yeah. Now I'm envious. Yeah. Well, because women, women, <laughs> yeah, want, to, women about, want to see and touch them. All of a sudden, I just inspired envy in all of us here at Caustic Soda. <laughs> I'm actually envious Wait, of the boobs. Wait, I can have boobs and then get more boobs? Yeah. No, I'm jealous. I'm envious of the boobs because uh, imagine you just, you'd have a perfect set of fake boobs there with you at all times. Actually, oh, it's probably go. good that I don't have them. I never get out of the house. He was on the man show. Of course he was. Aside from his extra rolls of fat underneath... You totally do nice. him. They're f- no, but they're fairly nicely shaped. Whoever whoever did them did a good job. That seems obscene. It is, but not obscene. in a bad way. No. But, but I don't think that guy was envious of, uh, of of ladies with the boobies. It was money, penis envy. Uh, it, I mean, is it real? I don't. I'm not does sure what you're asking right does now. Does anybody actually have penis envy? Do women? Well, when you sit talk about penis envy, yeah, it's, it's not so much. I wish I had that kind of, of penis not men going my wish it, my penis was bigger it's it's this thought that women wish they had a penis you know i think other guys like wishing they had bigger penises is probably more prevalent than women actually wishing they had a penis at all i would i would say so definitely i had a uh, friend of mine who owned a porno that had john holmes was one of the was this the guy who stashed his porn in your home or is this a different it is porn it home? is <laughs> no it was part of the porn cache that was left in my house what episode did we talk about that on was that the sex episode or something else probably i would imagine it would be the sex episode anyway uh, but John Holmes was a star end of the mm-hmm. show. And it, throughout the numerous sex scenes that he had, the three or four of them, he never got entirely erect. Mm. He was always sort of like semi-flaccid yeah. the whole time. And I'm guessing... It's too big. That it, the blood it, can't get all the way to the end. I actually think that that is actually what was happening. I had a friend, a roommate, as a matter of fact, named Corey. I can name him now because he's unfortunately passed away. Whose penis was so big, he could not get fully erect, and he had to get a prescription for Viagra. How do you know how big your roommate's penis was? He passed away, and actually, uh, I lived in a house with a whole bunch of guys. Oh, okay. Sean, my buddy, said, well, his parents have already taken everything, and they said that whatever else we want's in there, you know, go ahead. And I'm like, oh, I, that's weird. It's creepy. I don't want yeah, his taking stuff. Yeah, your, like, your passed and he's away like, well, stuff. he's got some Viagra. And I then said, What? Why has he got Viagra? He said, well, because and he, and so Corey you, one was of the huge other roommates and knew the story. And Sean said, and you're the only one getting laid, so I thought you might want them. Corey, Corey would have wanted it this way. Probably. Corey was a real good guy. <laughs> but I have a in the news <laughs> article <laughs> from July 2009. A 45-year-old Russian woman found herself in need of medical treatment when uh, her F-cup implants burst on an arrow F. flight from Moscow to Los Angeles. F that. 
Wow, uh, they burst because of air pressure, or was it a flaw in them? Or it, like, they were. Would they have burst had she even been on the ground at that particular moment in time? There, one of the doctors said that it, the flight per se could not damage the implants, but they mm-hmm. were basically defective. They may have burst. It was unfortunate timing that they burst on a plane. Well, she had already problems with them before, and the implants burst because of the prefer- pressure differential on board the plane. So, so they she- are normal working implants. They would not have burst on a plane, but because they were defective, they did. Ooh, it was a uh, it was a combo. Yeah, I think that falls under. We can talk about boob envy. Well, you know what? You know what, actually, that falls under the. I'm not envious of exploding boobs. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so then I think to myself, boy, boy, could I use a pair of exploding boobs right now? I'm trying to figure out how big an F Ooh, cup is. You know what it is though? Another lady who saw her F cup boobs and went, "Oh, I, I'm so envious of those boobs." And then she went, "I wish I could take her down a notch." And then her boobs exploded, and she was like, "Yeah." Happy about it. Boob and Freud. A little boob and Freud. When did that happen? 2009. You'd think that the uh, fake boob technology would have... Uh, would have. Oh, the, te- uh, the fake boob technology is good, depending where you get it and from whom. <laughs> I was. Has anybody here been to Brazil? Not me, I wish. I've been to Brazil, and I'll tell you, when you're driving through... I've South, had a Brazil nut. Uh, uh, Joe's had a Brazilian. Wax yeah. job, that is. Well, not wax, no, but yeah. I drive around Sao Paulo. It's surprising how many giant billboard ads there are for plastic surgeons right like plastic surgery is a major business in brazil mm-hmm. there's no i know why laws or regulations or anything like that about you know limiting all these for medical procedures and whatnot so they have these massive ad campaigns about as a matter of fact in brazil uh being unattractive is seen as an impediment to getting a job and because the government should do what it can to help you get a job if you are significantly unattractive, which can mean having small breasts, the government will pay for your plastic surgery. It's a very uh, appearance-focused culture. Right. I remember I was sitting with uh, – I knew a, a, a bunch of Brazilian folks. A friend of mine was getting married there. And uh, I was sitting on the beach with a buddy, and uh, he was talking about this guy that he knew who was fat. You know, I know that – He's running out town on a rail. Weeks, being, out, being out here for a couple of weeks, I, how do people get along when they're, when they're hefty? He says, oh, well, it's just he obviously doesn't like sex. Oh, I like see. Like, he, he, the leap of logic was that right. if he liked sex, he would do whatever he could to not be fat. But mm-hmm. he obviously is not into sex, so he doesn't care if he's fat or not. It was a very, like, I weird got news for him, though. kind of mind, mindset. But I don't think it's an uncommon mindset in mm-hmm. Brazil. And up here it's not because you, you know, fat people can get laid all the time. I've Living the proof. Mo- <laughs> I've seen the movie Brazil. Well, you know what we could do? We could throw it out to the listeners. Send us some envy anecdotes. Post them on the uh, on yeah. the website at causticsodapodcast dot com. That is a great. Or idea. our Facebook page. Yeah, in the commentary section, or go to the Facebook page and uh, tell us about when your boobs exploded on the plane. If your boob did explode on a plane, please send us a picture. God no. Just Mo- send us a picture of your boobs. Yeah. <laughs> Info at causticsodapodcast dot com. <laughs> so let's have two evils. You have to wear breast implants for a year. Okay, okay, so get the fake boobs put in. I like get to choose guy. what size, like minimum of, yeah. say, C, but if I want the Fs, I can get them? Yeah. To... No one's going to stop you from getting F boobs. Oh, yeah. I mean. Or hearkening back to the deformity episode. Okay. You have to wear uh, high heels for a year. Like every every day, wherever you oh, Whatever right. you would wear shoes. And so you get that condition where you get that, like, the squished toe and the- It was, the, yeah, the, and the, Morton's, the hard Morton's neuroma your... in the front and the little lump on the back and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. All right, okay. Plus it hurts. I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I spent a Halloween in high heels one time when I dressed up as my... I had an ill-conceived notion where I would 
my girlfriend at the time dressed up like me, and I dressed up like her. Oh, no. <laughs> it was rough. Probably, it was a rough Probably night. pretty harsh looking in that mirror. Yeah, well, especially when you have a couple of too many cocktails, and you, uh, you know, you're know you out in the driveway, and you uh, it's a very steep driveway, and you take a tumble, <laughs> and you realize that your skirt is up over your head. And... Did you actually wear her shoes, or did you get shoes that fit no, no, you? No, no, I, uh, I got everything that fit me. My nothing, brain went nothing. a completely <laughs> different direction, because you were like, you're out in the driveway, you've had a few drinks, nobody's looking, you decide you want to fool around with her, and you realize you're fooling around with yourself. <laughs> You'd have that problem with the fake boobs, too. <laughs> but I would enjoy it. Here's I got a couple of problems with both of these scenarios. Yeah. Obviously, the obvious one for the high heels is incredibly painful. Mm-hmm. Very difficult to walk in, like the twisted ankles. I got bad ankles from my army days. Oh, and, pretty and, bad but then, ankles. Very slender, tender ankles. That's why they <laughs> they keep going out on me. Uh, but then the the fake boobs, right? You've got possible back injury. You've got when you finally, after a year, get them removed. You can yeah, have see, like, that's what I'm thinking. distension of skin. You can have saggy boob after yeah, that. Yeah, you're gonna have you know extra have flesh, boobs. all stretched out flesh. And it, I don't want stretch marks anywhere near my nipples. I think for one year, you got a much greater danger of getting doing permanent damage to yourself with the fake boobs, especially if you're going on an airplane. Only if they're defective. There's a chance, right? (laughs) I'm going to go with the high heels because at the end of the day, you still get to take them off. Okay. You're not stuck with the boobs 24 hours a day. And you can sit down. Oh, what if you're a guy who sleeps on their belly? I usually do. Yeah, well, if you had fake boobs, that would become a problem. You'd be like a you, a backwards you. See, you're starting to change my mind now. (laughs) I really want to say the the boobs. But the pro is. Because they're awesome. But the pro is you got a set of boobs attached to you. Yeah, but my problem with the boobs is they don't feel like real boobs. I mean, felt, well, apparently the okay, okay, okay. Finish your sentence. <laughs> I've felt more than one pair of fake boobs, and there yeah. is a range. Yeah, okay. They don't all feel the same. I assure you. It's also apparently silicone. Not like saline. bags of sand. The original, the original silicone that they were using, which got banned because of a really crappy lawsuit. Yeah, they leaked and stuff like that. Uh, they said that they leaked. Uh, here's, here's what this is a summary of the lawsuit. Uh, what it was was all these women were getting breast implants, and then they would have one or more of their breasts would become withered and messed up, and they would get this horrible toxic syndrome and mm-hmm. stuff like that. The defense for this huge corporation pointed out. Uh, I think it was quite, DuPont or something. I think wasn't du- it? Du- du- I can't remember who it was. They went out of business because of this lawsuit. Mm. Um, but they pointed out with many studies, independent studies, that what happened to these women happens in the exact same percentage of women who don't get breast implants. This is just something that okay. happens. But because the, it was a jury trial and the jurors all felt terrible for the woman after woman that was brought up who were showing all the horrible things that had happened to the women and just because the women had said and it was because of the breast implants even though the science didn't back it up right the science does the, not back it the up the jury went, went and the went jury awarded a massive massive settlement the company had to go bankrupt in order to pay it off mm. and the silicone breast implants became banned so the industry switched over to saline because right. if saline leaks it's just salt water in your body it's you not reabsorb a big deal. it yep. and and the problem is a bag filled with saline feels hard and right. stiff the silicone actually feels much more realistic. Pliable. It looks more realistic. It's more pliable. And other countries, and I think even Canada, was still allowed to do the, the silicone implants, but America was not. So that's why starting in the 90s or so, you started seeing all these ridiculously overinflated saline implants that just looked ridiculous and fake and like beach balls right. uh, attached to like a straw. I've never experienced fake boobs. I, I have experienced several. I, I can't say I dislike them. To me, it's about quality. Tastes the same. In, in, fact, <laughs> in fact, 
in certain circumstances, I can honestly say I enjoyed them immensely. Yeah, I think if in certain circumstances, I think if I think if they're well done, if they're mm-hmm. well done, it's great. And if they're not, that's that's too bad. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing with real breasts. I've seen some great real breasts, and I've seen some others that I've been like, oh, this is kind of too bad. <laughs> you know, the problem with fake breast industry is they don't have a good mascot. Booby. <laughs> Titsy Magunza or something like that. Bobby the Booby? I don't think it would be a guy. Well, then maybe it would. Bob, maybe B-O-B-B-I. Bobby. Yes, right. Hi, I'm exactly. Bobby the Booby. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with um, high heels, I guess, for probably for the same reasons as Kevin. I am so you torn. You take them off. No, I'm torn. You're joking. Like my... <laughs> There aren't really any pros to the high heels. There's just less yeah. cons. But there is a yeah. distinct pro to the fake boobs, namely this guy's testimony that he started to wheel chicks like Madhouse once <laughs> yeah. they had fake boobs. Women, right? like, women loved it, and they wanted to be with a guy, guy who, who had, had boobs. boobs. That's right. Like There are distinct pros to having the fake boobs, yeah. but there are less cons to having the high heels. It's a race right. edge. Right. <laughs> it is. It's like, it's like a plus 10. I'm almost a, talking myself into the boobs now. Plus 10 with a minus 10 for the boobs and like a plus one and a minus one for the shoes or something like that. Uh, so they both we'll have to work out a mathematical you know formula. You know what I really yeah, this, calc- this calculation you know, is You know what I really fear? That I get the boobs and then I like them so much that I never want to let them go. <laughs> and then I'm a freak. Right? That's but you're a happy fear. freak. Maybe that's just it. I want to go with the high heels just so I don't have to dance with the devil. I I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going to have to go with the with the high heels. Oh, then I'm switching to the boobs. And I and I'm saying somebody's got to go with the boobs, and, and, and I talk myself into it. Here's what here's what I'm decided to talk to Joe me. into it, but I talk myself into it. I'm getting older. <laughs> yeah. If I was if I was in my 20s, breast implants, hell yeah. Right, because you can you can uh, foss it off as a gag. It's like yeah, yeah. I'm, wearing, I'm getting boobs for years. That's right. Sweet. That's my thing. You do ever do anything embarrassing, even if you don't mean to do it, and somebody points it out and laughs at you? Oh, yeah, my you 20s. just respond with ah, I lost a bet. Well, I mean, and you know what? Also, there'd be you that can't thing. do that now. No. You go in, you apply for like some managerial job and you got to tell them why you're why you've got right. huge chest. I'd be wearing my low cut <laughs> shirt cuz you, know, you, you use use whatever you can to get yeah. that job. Hold the top with no bra. That would be the advantage of them being fake is you wouldn't need to wear a bra. You wouldn't need to add anything to your wardrobe. I guess so. I'm going boobs. I'm still it's a I, really tight all right. it's I'll a really tight race it. for me. I, I got to go high heels. All right. Movies. Well, there's a movie actually called Envy. Which I don't think a whole so lot Ben Stiller saw. and Jack Black. That's the one. And Rachel Weisz. I remember seeing an ad for it in the theater, and then uh, and it said it was going to come out very shortly. Like, oh, in theaters in like three weeks. And I went, oh, I like Jack Black and Ben Stiller. I'm waiting for the movie. It never showed up. Like two years later, a friend of mine said, oh, I got the new Ben Stiller Jack Black movie. Rented it. Went straight mm. to video. And oh. uh, evidently, it was. Terrible. Ben Stiller and Jack Black stars Tim and Nick, best friends, neighbors, and coworkers whose equal footing is suddenly tripped up when one of Nick's, that's Jack Black, harebrained get-rich-quick schemes actually succeeds Vaporizer, a spray that literally makes dog poop or any other kind of poop. Disappear. Yeah, evaporate into thin air. And then Tim, played by Ben, who passed on the opportunity to get in on the deal, can only watch as Nick's fortune and Tim's own envy grow to equally outrageous proportions. And, of course, they do the classic where Jack Black still thinks that Ben Stiller is his best friend. He invites him out all the time. He's just trying to be genuine <laughs> and cool. And Ben Stiller just, like, hates him more and more and more. Yeah. How, how would you feel if we've got a friend who's a real schemester trying to come up with get-rich-quick schemes, uh, Kenny B? <laughs> That's true. How would you feel if yeah, Kenny B... reminds me of Fred Flintstone. Yeah. That's <laughs> the way he walks. dun 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 
How would you feel if all of a sudden Kenny B ended up hitting making it, hitting, hitting it, it rich? He, he one of his harebrained schemes catches <laughs> on, and like the guy makes millions of dollars. Like I think I actually might be a little envious. I'll ask him for that money he owes me. <laughs> yeah, with interest, he, he'd need a website. I, I've never seen the movie myself, but after uh, hearing from my friend about it, I actually know the ending. Spoiler, because uh, of course it all comes back to Jack ahead. Black. Uh, uh, ends up falling flat in his face eventually because Vapor Riser doesn't actually make it disappear. It just like puts it into the atmosphere and then near oh, the end of the movie, no, it all just comes starts back. raining poo. Oh, oh no! It all comes so back down. Literally to Earth. a shitstorm. Yeah. Uh, oddball Drifter, played by Christopher Walken. What an odd casting for him. <laughs> okay. I'll bet you he was really eccentric and weird. Ooh. Blade Runner, right? Because the replicants are envious, envious of, humans. of human mm. lifespan. Yeah. That's and a really tr- good one. I and like at that. the end, he tries to explain why they should be envious of him. Yeah. The things I've seen with your eyes. Yeah. Oh, very true. Very true. Uh, anybody read the book? Uh, yes. Even Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Do, do Androids Dream of do Electric Sheep? Dream of Electric I Sheep. have. It's quite different. And do they? Uh, no, they don't answer the question. Well, it's, exactly. a very, it's, a it's a very story. different planet. So, like, the yeah. planet in Blade Runner is just like our Earth, only in this dystopic future, right? Right. Right. And the planet in the book is depopulated like people have fled because we've so polluted it and is it still on earth or yes it's on earth but he lives in a in a building that used to house like five thousand people and he's the only person who lives there now and uh so it's it's a very different world in which it's set and sort of colors your perception kind of hint at that though because like the where uh jf sebastian lives he seems to be the only guy in that one huge building that's true that's true They, they 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 allude to it but every place that harrison ford goes is heavily populated right and you got that whole the flying cars and you know the giant tall buildings and and there's just bodies everywhere right so it's been a while since i've read the book but i i recall that the replicants were more organized and uh well uh, rutger hauer played roy batty and it seems a little more evil and a little and he's got the more sinister yeah much more sinister in it i actually had a classical studies professor who claimed that the hero the protagonist of blade runner is actually roy batty of the movie i could I would argue that that yeah. could be true. No, yeah, that, that was that was his supposition that uh, Roy Batty was a mixture of Gilgamesh and Hercules, and yeah, that he was the actual protagonist of the film. Yeah. It was very interesting. It makes very me think about theory. what does the protagonist want, which is a great question to ask when you're yeah. analyzing them. And yeah, he wants life. When he's you, the one looking and, for and if, redemption, looking for yeah. If Deckard is the hero, what does Deckard want? Well, just wants to kill replicants. He, he doesn't. Even, he doesn't even, doesn't even want that. He's being forced to do. It. Yeah. He wants to be left alone. The only way he can be left alone is by. Doing what he's got to do. Doing what he's got to do. Well, doesn't Deckard come to want the female replicant? Yes. So he has a I guess want he that does. comes in yeah. a little later. Yeah, I, I think arguments can be made for both of them to be to be the protagonist. But yeah, very interesting. I hadn't even thought of it that way. How do you feel about Seven? Uh, of course, the envy portion of Seven is... Spoiler alert! Is the finale. <laughs> is the finale. It's, uh, Should we Kevin, just say it's the finale? I guess yeah. people haven't. Ke- if you Ke- haven't seen it yet, you're Kevin not Kevin Spacey's it. character embodies envy because he's envious of everybody who has a normal life, and that's why he does what he does, so that he can bring everybody down to his level. Does that manifest itself in some specific way, or just that's the whole re- reason for the movie? That's the reason for the movie. Right. That yeah. he embodies envy entirely. And especially what we've been talking about this whole episode, about how envy is half about wanting what other people have, and also you know, wanting, wanting other people to lose what they've got. Right. He says right in the movie, he wants to bring everybody down to yeah. his level. And that's and he certainly does. He, he manages to do it quite nicely. The end. Agreed. Stewie, our sometimes guest host, Chris Stewart, he brought uh, up a point that in the comics in the DC universe, Shazam, mm-hmm. not Captain Marvel, 
but the wizard that Captain Marvel calls upon to get right. his powers when right. he yells Shazam. Correct. Right. Where Shazam, Shazam hangs Shazam is out. a great wizard name, by the way. Yeah. Uh, he had all of the uh, demons of the seven deadly sins trapped in statues in his cave mm-hmm. when uh, yeah, well, Billy when, Batson got his yeah, powers. Yeah, when he walks down and he walks past yeah, all the yeah, statues. Yeah. It's a very cool image. I just thought well, we need to mention that because we haven't in any of the other deadly sin yeah. episodes. And that's, okay. that's shown actually in the new – uh, Superman, Shazam, yeah. Return of Black Adam. Which was terrible. Animated movie. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It's just a big 25-minute fight scene. That sounds pretty awesome. And it's, a, it's a decent 25-minute fight scene, but you got to throw some actual story and oh, character push development stuff in Story, there. plot, boo. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And uh, head on over to CausticSodaPodcast.com and make sure you rate us on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Who agrees with me? Me too. I, 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 I do, I do. I'm so envious of our listeners. Yeah, because they get to listen to us. We have to, like, look at each other. Ugh. What with Kevin and his fake boobs? <laughs> Next time on Caustic Soda. If you wear a beret of either <laughs> sex, if you have uh, a desire to be an artist, get rid of the hat. What if I put a beret on my balls? <laughs> I will accept that. I'm going to start wearing paintings of berets. Ce n'est pas un beret. Yeah. Basically, it was M.C. Escher in solitary. <laughs> I think I'd already be pretty distressed by being put in jail by enthusiastic French anarchists. <laughs> <laughs>